Welcome to the Sports Innovation Institute podcast, located inside the School of Health and Human Sciences at IUPUI in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Travis Smith, a proud sport management alum, adjunct faculty member, and associate editor of the Sports Innovation Journal here at IUPUI. On this podcast, we look to highlight the innovative practitioners and scholars in sports to learn and design Think the Future of the Industry together. Thanks for listening to the Sports Innovation Institute podcast. Welcome back to the IUPI Sports Innovation Institute podcast. Today, I'm joined by Chad Gabert, a VCU PhD candidate, and he is one of our latest published authors on a paper titled Augmented Reality in Sport Marketing. So Chad, thanks for being on in the podcast with me. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me, Travis. Well, we talked before recording. It's just an interesting time for AR. Um, things just seem to be sped up. Uh, during it, during COVID-19, it's really a chance to uh, kind of test opportunities out. And so it's it's fun timing to be able to talk to you about, about your paper. Um, I want to just kind of jump into it. Augmented reality, you know, it can be an intimidating term for some people that aren't familiar with it, especially as things speed up and it kind of gets used more often. As a scholar, how do you define AR and do so in a way that is less intimidating to current and future practitioners? Being a practitioner yourself, how do you kind of, how do you get that communication channel across? Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a great question because that's one of the hard things with AR. And even if you look in the literature, like you'll see it defined eight or nine different ways, even within the augmented reality literature. Um, but the way I like to describe it is, so a lot of times people kind of confuse AR and VR, virtual reality, augmented reality. They're both fall under the immersive technology umbrella. So they're both like immersive technologies. Um, but augmented reality is really about overlaying digital information on the real world. So you could hold up a smartphone or something and it, and it overlays like a digital item on the real world. Whereas virtual reality is taking you into a completely virtual, virtual creator world. Virtual reality, you'll put the headset on, you go into a completely virtually digitally created world, um, but AR is really just bringing those um, digital elements into the world as we see it. Yeah, and, and, and I think people might be realize um, that they're exposed to it without even really knowing that it's AR, um, if they're not working with it, they might be just be able to, you know, how they interact with their team social channels, things like that, when they're watching a, an event. Um, but what 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 made you want to study AR and ultimately write this paper for us at the SII? Yeah, you're right. People are exposed to it more than they know. I would actually say probably the vast majority of people listening to this have experienced some element of AR, whether it be a face filter through a through an app or whether it be something a team's doing with a broadcast or Pokemon Go is one that people did for a while, right? Um, but the thing that interested me in the first place, so I was a high school athletic director for a while down in Tampa and we had a new quarterback come in and we needed to get them up to speed without getting them um, reps on the field that they could injure them or without taking 22 guys out to the field. Um, and so we actually invested in a virtual reality program while I was there um, to train our quarterback. Um, and just, he spent a lot of time in the virtual reality program working with that. And I started thinking like, Hey, there's a lot here. There's a lot that can be done with this kind of technology. And as I talked to the CEO of that company, um, he said, yeah, virtual reality is great, but I think for, for sport marketing purposes, for what's really going to be big is augmented reality. And I was like, oh, okay, let me look into that. And so I started looking into that. And so it's kind of just like one thread, just started pulling on a thread and following it. Um, and so it really was informed 
by my experience as a practitioner, like we were trying to find a way to solve a problem. And we use technology to solve that problem through virtual reality. And then that's when I learned more about augmented reality. And I've kind of just been chasing that down ever since. Yeah, in the paper, you mentioned there's three classifications of AR um, that you mentioned. Can you expand on each of those? Yeah, so for sure. So uh, Javornik, Anna Javornik, in her article, it was in 2014, I believe, um, really, really delineated these three classifications. Um, and they're like the most common classifications. And there is some overlap between the classifications, like sometimes an AR um element can do multiple things at once, but really you're trying to just go through these three classifications. So you have um, the advertising and promotion classification. Um, and so that's like a gamification type of thing. Um, advertising and promotion, college football and playoffs and Nike did a, a promotion where they worked together uh, at the college football playoff to have a place where you could scan items and you could unlock prizes and things like that. And so that was kind of an advertising promotion use there. And then you have product management. And one of the product management ways uh, to be used is you actually like are, are managing a product. So like we had a virtual, there was a virtual try on that Major League Baseball did at the All-Star game where people, where fans could virtually have an AR jersey placed on them. And then they could go purchase that item. You know, they'll get a picture of it. And if they liked it, they could go purchase that item in store. Sometimes too, the things that you're managing uh, as a product for product management are the athletes themselves. So we saw the Dallas Cowboys use the pose with the pros AR thing that had I, was something like 50 million uh, impressions in their first weekend where you could get in a picture, you could stand there and then the, the players would be around you in AR and you could take a picture with it. Um, and then finally, there's the customer service classification and the customer service classification is really, um, really what it's, what it's talking about there is ways to help customers with a product. So the way we've seen it used in sport is wayfinding, which wayfinding is just like directions, directions around place, directions around stadiums. And so we saw StubHub do that with the Super Bowl, where they had directions to parking and directions to sections and things like that. And they did AR with that. Um, and they saw that their app engagement doubled after they put that AR element in there. Um, and so the customer service piece is just really trying to help the customer understand what's going on. So you might walk into a venue and not know, you know, I've, I, I'm in section 126. Where's that? I can hold up my phone. AR, it shows me the sections and then I can go from there. And so that's kind of where those three classifications fall. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of feel uh, like I've experienced each of those that you talked about when I read through the paper. And, and the cool thing is, um, is you have pictures of these examples in the paper as well. So people can just kind of engage with them and see like the Cowboys one was really cool. You know, see the mirrored um, poses and, uh, you know, you mentioned, Pokemon Go uh, was pretty was a pretty big fad for a while, and I think it caught a lot of people because for those that aren't aware of it, it basically you traveled around um, in real life and you saw these things. And then I read about your example about the college football playoff in Nike, and it seems like that's probably become going to become normal now um, for major sports cities that host events to be able to include that where you can get them to go all over your city and engage. Do you think that's something that sticks around as a, as a, a main thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the best uses right now um, because we have these supercomputers basically that are sitting in our pocket, right? Um, smartphones, and we can do all these AR interactions through these smartphones. There's like some somewhere in the neighborhood of 4.2 billion devices now that can do AR interactions that are smartphone type devices. And so, to be able to activate a host city through augmented reality is really 
interesting. Um, and sidearm sports did that with Nike in the college football playoff where they had murals throughout um, New Orleans. And so people actually had to go to those murals and the sections they, that they required them to go to. And they had to scan those things there. And then they had to go redeem it at a specific, it was for um, some Air Force Ones that were branded for the teams that were in the college football playoffs. And then they had to go redeem their opportunity to purchase those Air Force Ones at a certain shoe store in New Orleans. And so they really kind of were able to manipulate where fans moved about the city and points of interest about the city. And so you could definitely see that being used in the future. Like, hey, I want them to go into this store. I want them to go to this sponsor's location, right? Like, and so you can see that being used in the future where they can say, hey, we're going to have this scavenger hunt and they can kind of move people around a host city um, of a big event. And I think that that's a really, I think that'll be a really beneficial use of AR for sure. Well, being here in Indianapolis, you know, we're known to host major sporting events and we're a, we're a city that is very accessible to downtown. You can literally walk anywhere. That was one of the best things about having the Super Bowl here in 2012 is for one, the weather held up uh, where it was, it was unusually warm in February for Indianapolis, but you could literally walk all over downtown. And that was what really has drawn more sports to Indianapolis, most likely. Um, what I think is going to be something that will be telling is, is will cities actually put AR in the bid to host uh, events and kind of look at the cities that they're bidding for and say, here's how we would use augmented reality in your city and for the, uh, the people making those decisions to be able to to be able to see it of what a city has to offer. Do you think that will be part of the bidding process in the future? Yeah, it, it really could be because, you know, you have stakeholders in each city that like um, they really want to know, like, what are we getting out of hosting this event? Because there's a lot of times there's that discussion about like, are we even financially making out hosting an event? Like, or are we going to lose? And so to be able to say, hey, we can move people in this direction and to have a walkable city like Indianapolis is a huge advantage for this kind of thing, um, because there's some cities that are not walkable and so they don't lend themselves as well to this kind of technology for like scavenger hunt uh advertising promotion purposes but to have that and to say hey we have this kind of technology that we can help move people around your your city and activate different places in your city i i don't think it can hurt i think it's a uh, it's probably not going to be your number one selling point but it's just another thing you can say hey here's another thing we can do you know just kind of an add-on for sure yeah and um you know, we talked about the COVID pandemic before recording about how that's kind of accelerated the rate at what AR um, has kind of entered the entered the um, more people's eyesight without them maybe even realizing it. Uh, sport organizations are utilizing AR as they attempt to reach fans and consumers that are either limited or restricted from even attending the events in person. What right now during COVID examples have you seen rolled out during the pandemic, and do you think any of them stay? even when fans are back in the stadium. So first, what have we seen that maybe people don't even realize, oh, that's AR? Because I think I even asked you about a couple of them before we recorded, and I was like, is that AR? Yeah, so first, it has sped up the process at which these things, are, these technologies are being implemented and used. And so um, a lot of times when you're talking about technology and innovation, you consult the Gartner hype cycle, which is an innovation hype cycle that kind of talks about when technologies will be adopted. And as of last year, the Gartner hype cycle was saying augmented reality was probably about five years out from mass adoption or everybody's using it on kind of like a daily basis for different things. Um, it means people are using it now, but it was probably five years out. But I think that I would be interested to see what Gartner says now that the pandemic has happened because I think that has accelerated that timeline for sure. 
and we have seen it being used in a lot of ways. So I've seen the Chicago Cubs is one that job that jumps out, but I've seen a lot of organizations do this where they had during the pandemic and fans couldn't go into Wrigley Field. They had what is called an augmented reality portal, which is basically you hold up your phone and you have, it looks like a doorway um, that you can scan and, and you can attach it to a floor in the room you're in. So you can attach it to one place. And then as you walk through that doorway, you're actually in Wrigley Field and you can look around and you're 360 degrees. You can move your phone. And as you move your phone, you can see, oh, there's the outfield, there's left field, there's right field, there's there's the dugouts and things like that. And so it kind of gave fans a way to be in a place that they could not physically be in anymore. And so I've seen that with several teams. And so it's not just the Cubs that have done it. I just want to use them as an example. But several teams have used the portal, um, which had been used before, but it's really starting to be used as like a way to get people because a lot of people have emotional attachments to these places that they go to in sport, especially. And so to get people in those places, um, another way we've seen it used is through activating sponsorship. Um, we have the NBA bubble where the floor, um, the sponsor, uh, logo on the floor would change based on who the home team was or what the game was. And there were several other locations where the sponsor changed. And those were like virtually created digital elements. So that's called basically it's a, it's a broadcast AR element. And so a broadcast use of AR to change the sponsorship based on the game or location. And we see, we saw it on the mound and in major league baseball and things like that. And so, yeah, it has accelerated these things, especially I think right now their sport organizations are doing a lot. We talked about this where I think they're throwing a lot at the wall and seeing what sticks uh, because they have revenue that they are going to need to replace and they don't know exactly what's going to do it for them now but they are trying to find out as fast as possible. Um, and so I think that they're gonna, you're gonna see a lot more of these kind of technologies implemented um, as, as we go along. And I mean, we don't know when fans are gonna be back at a full capacity for events anytime soon, so. Hey listeners, a quick message and then we'll get right back to the interview. I wanted to quickly tell you that the Sports Innovation Journal is now accepting submissions. If you have or are looking for a place to publish your innovative thoughts and studies on the sports industry, then please consider the Sports Innovation Journal. We are an open access journal and our target audience is the practitioner looking for answers to the questions and problems in their job. And we want to attract and publish researchers that are identifying and studying those questions and problems. If you are interested in learning more about the journal and wanting to submit or sign up to be a reviewer, then visit the link in the episode notes or email Dr. David Pierce, the editor and director of the Sports Innovation Institute at D. P-I-E-R-C-E-3 at IUPUI.edu. dpierce 3 at IUPUI.edu. Now let's get back to the interview. Have you, um, have you noticed if college athletic departments are really getting involved in this yet or like the major, um, you know, college football, for example, where a lot of, it's really outside of family and friends. Most stadiums are, are empty unless you're in some of the SEC schools, for example. Is it, is college athletics behind as far as investing in AR versus the pros and, and is it the cost that's limiting in it? Or why do you think if it is not catching up with, with pro sports, is it because of the cost of entry? Yeah, it's interesting because I have seen AR uses in college sports. They are, there, there does seem to be fewer of them. Um, I don't know what's propelling that. I think a lot of it, especially, I think a lot of it is based on who has their app, their official app for the sports, the, the, the sports that are associated with the university, right? And so a lot of these app developers um, have really pushed AR as part of their app. And so 
I think if, if that's available, um, so I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but Notre Dame last year did uh, tickets where football tickets um, where you could scan their football ticket and it would play a historical video about Notre Dame, right? And it, and it was narrated by, one was narrated by Tim Brown, one was narrated by Brady Quinn. And it was just each football ticket, each home ticket had a different video attached to it for each game. And so you could take out your app, your Notre Dame uh, football app or sports app, and they had a, a place where you could do the AR enhancement and you scan the ticket and the, vi the video is literally attached to the ticket. So as you move the ticket, the video moves and things like that. So I've seen it used there. Um, USC um, did one where they had their um, their football calendar, which basically a poster, they had that enhanced with AR. And so you could scan their poster and it would have a video, a hype video play. And they would change that video uh, based on every game because they can just change the video on the back end. The poster can remain the same, but the poster is a target image. You scan the target image and then the video begins to play. So I've seen it on the college level. You are right. It is not as, it is not, as common on the college level. So I don't know exactly whether it's awareness um, that's driving that, but I think these college programs for the most part have big enough budgets. And especially if they partnered with an app developer, which the vast majority of them have, they're not developing their own apps. Most of these app developers now are having these things. And so it's, it might just be, um, it might just be a thing where they're just a little touch behind and they realize like, Hey, we can get these things in here and we can get fans to interact with products um, or just gives fans a little something to entertain, a little eye candy for the game day or something like that, even if it doesn't really have a much of a other purpose than that. But I think I think it'll be picked up more heavily in the in the coming years for sure by colleges. Yeah, because I think college athletic departments do a phenomenal job with their social communication and, for sure. and things. But it seems like the AR is probably next on the horizon, which maybe it's because you know they rely on a lot of entry level workers for this stuff. So that kind of leads me. So one of my final questions is how do you think AR, how would you assess how it's taught in sport management programs right now at a, at a large scale, if you've studied that or, or have any opinions on that? And then how do you think it should be taught in the future so that new practitioners actually know what they're getting into and what they could do with AR? Is it even being taught? And if not, how do we get it ingrained into the curriculum? So I don't think it specifically is being taught. I think the opportunity is there. And I think, I think there are definitely people touching on it. Some, I think some people in sport management might be touching on it without even knowing specifically it's AR. I mean, they, they might be like, hey, look at this activation, look at this thing that they did um, and not specifically teaching AR um, there. I think there's opportunity. I don't think it has to be its own class. Uh, as a technology, I believe that augmented reality is better as a complementary technology anyway. Like it's, it should not take the place of a sporting event, whereas virtual reality is a standalone thing. You go into a virtual reality environment, but so as I think it's a complementary thing. So I don't, I don't know that it warrants its own class or anything, but, I, but there are a lot of sport management programs that have innovation classes, right? And I think it definitely is a fit there. I think it's definitely a fit there to touch on and go through. And the thing people don't realize is there's a lot of free um, development software that if you know how to use um, Photoshop or InDesign or some of those things that you can start developing AR activations, like with some of these, uh, there's a, there's a program called spark AR that is free. You download it on your desktop and you can work through it there. Um, and so 
I think there's an opportunity to, in sport management programs, give people assignments and say, hey, make one of these as if you were making it for the university athletic department. Like, what would you want to show? Would you want to, would you want to give uh, fans a look inside the locker room after a big win through like an AR portal? Or would you want to give fans um, the ability to have wayfinding around the stadium? Like, hey, where's the concession? Where's the nearest bathroom? Let me hold up my phone and see like where it's marked out there. And so I think there's an opportunity in sport management to, to give these questions to students and let them solve it a little bit, because I think that's where some of the best learning comes from is from peer learning and from students coming up with ideas, because a lot of times in classrooms, when I talk about AR, and so I'll go guest lecture at places for AR. And I think that's a lot of times how it's being taught. Um, but I'll go guest lecture at places and the students I talk to will come up with an idea or a thought that I've never thought about. And I haven't seen used. And I'm like, that's a great idea. There should definitely be that. And so I think that there's opportunity in sport management classes to like have assignments that utilize this kind of technology and then just kind of let the creativity take over for the students. Um, and I think a lot of times um, those kind of projects could be surprising in how, how the product, how the project is tackled from different angles and from innovative ideas and creative standpoints for sure. Um, so I think, I think there's opportunity to, to definitely move it into innovation classes. I think there's enough innovation classes out there. And I think, I think it is something that should be talked about um, and probably will be talked about more in the future because um, it's going to be kind of kind of become ubiquitous with how we interact with a lot of products for sure. Yeah, it seems like it's an opportunity to, to let them kind of use their imagination of even if they can tap into what the what the problem or constraints are in the customer user experience. I don't think college students are going to be too shy about sharing why they don't attend an event or what the, uh, what the bad parts of attending an event are the pain points, and then maybe they can come up with ways to solve it. Because um, most of your traditional age college students have had technology around since they were born. And so they're really one of the first groups that have been exposed to this their whole life. Uh, so it just seems like a, a great opportunity. Thinking back, uh, you know, when I was an undergrad at IUPI and sport management, that would be a really cool project um, to, to do for a class. But like you said, it doesn't need to be a standalone class because it should be a compliment. And that leads me to your recommendations in the paper. Uh, you kind of touched on the first one that it should be a compliment. AR activation should be a compliment to the sport product. What are some of your other recommendations that you list in the paper uh, for implementing AR? Yeah, so that first one, the, the, the complementary technology, I think it's important to understand that nobody if, so if we're using AR to track like what's going on in a basketball game to keep track of stats or to keep track of player movement or things like that, nobody wants to be standing up holding a smartphone the whole time. And nobody wants that if you're in venue to be sitting behind you or anything like that. So I think it, we need to be really careful to not step on the toes of the actual core product itself, uh, the sport, um, but we can really enhance it. So the complimentary thing, like you said, is the first one. And then I think it's really important to focus on visual appeal. And as we look at like, what resonates design, web design, social media design. And when we look at even like technology design, what resonates with people is visual appeal. Like people want products. Sometimes people will buy a product just because the packaging looks nicer than another comparable product, right? And so visual appeal is really important. And so we found that looking through AR interactions, visual appeal is really important. You could have an AR interaction that you think is really interesting or solves an interesting problem, but if the graphics are not good or if it's not believable, or if it's not well designed for the visual aspect, people are not going to interact with it or they're going to get tired of it and turn it off. Um, and so visual appeal, I think, is something that people really need to spend a lot of time on when they're developing AR products because you can have the greatest idea ever, but if it doesn't look good, people aren't interested. Um, and so that's a really important one, uh, probably the most important, honestly. And then um, 
really focus on immersion and immersion is the idea just to put it in layman's terms immersion is basically the idea that when you're interacting with ar or vr but then this for this purpose is ar when you're interacting you feel like drawn into what you're doing you like you feel a part of what you're doing so i think Pokemon Go did a good job with that. They did such a good job that they had to start putting warnings on like, hey, look around your environment while you're walking around. Like they, people were so immersed, they were like walking into things or walking into dangerous situations. So immersion is really important. Um, and so to allow your fans or consumers to really like feel like it's a realistic, and that part of that's visual appeal too, like how good does it look will help with immersion. Um, but they can realistically interact with it and and manipulate it. And uh, and so I, I think those are the three really key things are the, it's a complementary technology, visual appeal is really important and it needs to be immersive. It needs to have like something that draws people into it. Yeah, and so that's a, that's a great way to end it. I, I think my last thing I'll, I'd like to ask you is, imagine that you're, you're answering this to a new practitioner or someone in, in charge of a sport um, management, um, you know, as a practitioner that oversees a staff that has not yet gotten in or adopted AR. What is that first step besides listening to this episode and reading your paper? What do they, what can they do to kind of get uh, just a taste of AR and, and try and uh, learn more about it so that they can kind of trust uh, its results? Yeah, that's, that's interesting because it always, the first step, uh, it almost always revolves around somebody in the room of decision makers having had some sort of interaction with it because AR, the thing that's most powerful about AR, and when I go speak to classes or when I speak to my class about it, I always have something they can interact with, like an AR interaction they can interact with themselves because you can see images of it or you can hear people talk about it but it's so much more powerful when you actually experience it yourself. You're like, Oh, I get it. Like that's usually like the response most people have when they actually interact with an AR interact. Like, Oh, okay. I get why this is like interesting to people. So usually the way that people implement it for the first time is they've had an experience with it on some other platform, whether it be a face filter or Pokemon go, like we talked about or any other AR, they saw like, Oh, this is really cool. So-and-so did this. This is interesting. And then it becomes a conversation there because I think, the biggest barrier is people talking about it as like an abstract concept and not actually having experienced it. Um, experiencing it is a, is a big step. So I, I would say somebody in the room usually has to be um, interested in it. Um, other than that, I would seek out uh, resources. There's a ton of posts on social media with AR. There's a ton of articles that have come out recently, especially about broadcast AR. Um, and so I would kind of just kind of do a little bit of research there and say for my organization, for my team, what is our best fit? Because there's a lot of different uses. There's a lot of different um, technologies. There's a lot of different hardware or software. And so what makes the most sense for us? And then try something easy to start with. Try rolling out something easy. Like don't go for like the most complicated project right away and see like, does this resonate with our people, with our consumer base? Is this something that people want more of? Uh, or not, and then kind of step into it slowly and figure it out there. It's always best, like there are some people that have, there are obviously a lot of people out there, app developers who have a lot more experience with this. And so if you can, if no need to reinvent the wheel, if you can find people that know how to do these things and can implement these things, you give them an idea and they can make it come to life, that's gonna be helpful. Um, but yeah, I think I think experience with AR is one of the best entry entry points into it is people get experience with it and they go, okay, I want to, I want to try some more of that, or I want to try something different, or here's an idea. Well, when we talk about it, it reminds me of the early stages of sports analytics. Um, very 
uh, seemed intimidating. Oh, I had to have a you know background in statistics or things like that. And now it's become more mainstream and accepted. I think AR after COVID-19, what we've seen with the NBA bubble and, and the Major League Baseball um, that, you know, I think it's just going to be spoken about more. And then now you're going to have people probably at conferences and stuff trying to explain why they use these and how it performed from an ad space. Uh, it just seems like it's the best uh, best timing to be able to study it and, and get it accepted. So, Chad, I want to thank you just for being on the on the IEPI Sports Innovation Institute podcast. We're happy you wrote the paper and, and happy to publish it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a fun conversation.